Derek, I see you. Rick, I see the greatest movie of all time. Today on the show, Avatar. The greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie. Come on and hear me now. Greatest movie Welcome, everyone, to the greatest movie of all time podcast, the show in which I, your co-host, the blue meanie, Rick Barrasso. <laughs> and I, your co-host, Rick of the Big Deck Boski. We're going to watch every single movie ever made, and we're going to help figure out which is the greatest of them all. How are you doing today, Derek? I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself? I'm doing great. I can't wait to talk about this one. We are... In fact, heading to Pandora with Avatar, with James Cameron. Let's take care of some business first, though. Last week, we talked all about Catch Me If You Can with Jack Manning. That's a great episode. Check that one out. Or listen to any of our other episodes, any of our library on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, whatever app you use. Subscribe and review if you can. It's extremely helpful for the show. And if you enjoyed it, or if you have anything else you want us to cover, let us know on social media. We are the Greatest Movie of All Time podcast on Facebook. We are at Great Movie Cast on Twitter. And we are at Rick and Wreck on the gram. And of course, you can always shoot us an email at greatestmoviepod at gmail.com. We would absolutely love to hear from you. And as our old friend, one of the people, Bruce Wayne would say, tell your friends about us but now we're gonna do our first cameron our first james cameron not our first michael bay (laughs) with whoops avatar (laughs) avatar is a 2009 sci-fi action movie directed by the aforementioned james cameron it stars sam worthington as jake sully Zoe Saldana as Natiri, Sigourney Weaver as Grace Augustine, and Stephen Lang as Colonel Miles Quaritch. It made, fuck off, it made $2.847 billion on a $237 million budget. It's got a 7.8 on IMDb, an 81% on Rotten Tomatoes, and an 83% on Metacritic. Ebert, the Rodgeman himself. Four out of four stars. It says, someone in Hollywood knows how to spend $250 million. Roper, in probably the, the most balanced review of it, in my opinion, says, uh, we're here for kick-ass CGI, and it doesn't disappoint for two and a half hours. For a negative one, Scott Tobias of the AV Club at the time says, it's supremely goofy, and that Cameron was lost. Derek, do you remember having first seen this movie? Yeah, I think I saw it at the movie theater when it came out. And uh, I remember being, you know, wowed by CGI and everything. Um, But I I hadn't seen it since. So we're talking, you know, my math is correct. 12 years later, this is my second time seeing it. And again, I think that CGI alone can't really wow me. I mean, there's some definitely great sequences, but I look for story as well, obviously, and acting and things like that. But yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I started at the movie theater. My brain's a little hazy, but I kind of remember seeing it on a big screen. So I think that's, that's when I first saw it. So I'm going to bring you back to like 2005, 2006, the first time I've heard about this movie Avatar in you know, development at the time. You know, James Cameron basically spent years, years. This is his first movie after Titanic, which was 1998. So 11 years between movies. He spent all that time when he wasn't in a submarine looking at shipwrecks, telling us that this movie was going to absolutely revolutionize cinema and change the way that we tell stories and how the medium works. Now, I don't think it did that, clearly. Uh, but it also 
this hype worked because I was there in the movie theater too. And this movie obviously made more money than any other movie ever, ever. And I remember seeing it in the theater. And at the time, the the hype was not even going into it. I really had no idea what the movie was about. I I was just like, visually, this is going to be interesting. Right. And it, it was, you know, it, it really is an incredibly impressive effects driven spectacle. But as I said, before we started recording, I wish 10% less attention was paid to visual effects. If it meant 10% more attention could be paid to like story. Yeah. And a lot of this movie, I think is like just building this world, which is impressive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll get into we'll get into our, our thoughts on it. So let's talk before we do that about what happens in the movie. Because I bet a lot of people have forgotten what happens in this movie. And 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 right before we do that, we just want to say this is episode fucking fifty. Five zero. We want to do something special, so we brought you the highest grossing movie ever to celebrate our 50th episode it took number two for a while when endgame came out but then it re and then i guess according no, no. Well, well i read that that it and i guess uh it was number two behind endgame for a little bit and then china it got bigger there again and then it became number one again is what i read in the trivia so to my knowledge endgame never passed it worldwide maybe countrywide but yeah i think endgame is number one yeah, Endgame is number two worldwide. Endgame, I think, is number one domestically. Okay. But yeah, Avatar is comfortably above Endgame by about $100 million. Well, actually, about 60 or $70 million. And that's including inflation as well. So, yeah. you know, it, it came close, but just for inflation, Avatar, you know, is, is, is very high up there. And it, you know, say we want about Endgame, but Marvel. Marvel had 20 movies to ramp up to Endgame. And this was just like, here's Cameron. It's like, yeah, I fucking made Titanic a few years ago. Here's my fucking weird blue alien movie. Enjoy. And everyone's like, I'm going to see this immediately and then never think about it again. Yeah, it's odd how that happened, but okay. (laughs) So let's let's get to what happens in the movie. Derek, have you chosen a song? Do you have a song for, I do have a song. Um, it it is Is the colors of the wind from Pocahontas. No, it's not, but it is the brand new song by the cosmic vultures, uh, my band. And the song is called sky junkie. And if you are listening to this episode, it means that it is available on all streaming platforms. Uh, and I thought it was, it it kind of worked because sky junkie sky, they're in the sky a lot, a lot lot of fun things in the sky, Sky sky people. Yeah. So uh, here we go. Three, two, one, go. Paralyzed Jake Sully goes to the planet Pandora in place of his slain brother in order to assist in studying the planet and making a deal with the people, a giant blue alien race called the Navi. Jake does this with a group of scientists in the form of avatars, artificial bodies of the Navi with human minds in them. Jake initially gets intelligence with the goal of passing it on to the human military installation on Pandora, but falls in love with Atiri, the local princess. Humans destroy the home of the tribe he's integrated with. Jake becomes some kind of prophesized figure based on riding a flying monster and leads the Navi to victory, sending the military off world and probably dooming the planet Earth to destruction. Okay, you were overlooked by four seconds, but I just wanted to hear it. I wanted to hear it all. There's a lot. See, that's this. The movie is the same problem I had with that 30 seconds writ large because Mm -hmm. it has to spend so much time building this world that it's fucking two hours and 40 minutes almost and like 45 minutes of it is just basically like this is what the world is you know what too i I don't even think that the world is really even expanded i mean it's very very basic things that we discover about this world i disagree i think the the idea of like it has this this mineral i think it has you know these these animals are all created whole cloth. You know, I, the idea of like the interconnected, you know, intelligence with everything. I think it's very impressive and visually it's very striking. Well. Oh, definitely. I just, I, maybe for me, maybe it's the geography aspect of it. We don't see too much of the world. We just see kind of a, a portion where the, the humans are at. Um, so I mean, just to see in the future well, they, Avatar movies they, where, where they go. They give like, 
I think the whole movie takes place within like I forget the line exactly, but Colonel, who like before I looked it up, as the villain of the highest grossing movie of all time, I could not have told you for one hundred million dollars that his name was Miles Quaritch. Right. <laughs> but I, I would just say, oh yeah, Stephen Lang and Avatar. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh but yeah, Miles Quaritch, I think he has a a line basically where it's like home tree is the biggest deposit of unobtainium within a hundred clicks. So my take is like the whole movie really only takes place within like a hundred kilometer range. Right. That makes sense. So let's talk about what we like about the movie. Cause I think there is a lot to like about it. There's some cool stuff in here, even if there's a, also a lot of stuff that doesn't work. Right. So let's let's talk what is your number three favorite scene so i think my number three here is jake's bond with the beast i you you kind of know what to expect here uh, there's a, this this kind of scene happens in a lot of movies that are high fantasy or sci-fi where like the the main character has to like you know make a pet or an animal like him and be his pet type thing um but i did enjoy this and it's kind of like he's in front of all like the, uh, the the warriors he's in front of his his girl and uh he's got to try to like make this happen and then tie his hair with the animal and he's wrestling it and it's attacking him and he overcomes it um and i kind of like how they they uh they sort of throw in sam worthington's sort of uh i don't know not maybe not egotistical, but he's kind of like still very human. And he's like, you're mine now. Like yeah. they kind of throw that in there or whatever. And uh, the CGI in the scene is incredible uh, showing them flying around and everything. And, uh, and then finally, when, when he finally, you know, attaches the hair to the animal, you're like, Oh great. It's his animal. Now he gets to fly it. And then uh, Nateri is like, well, now you have to fly with it. That's the ultimate bond. And it's like, Oh, here we go. But uh, it's a cool scene. I thought it was the first scene of the movie besides some of the chase stuff that I was like, all right, now we're getting into like the middle of the story. Now we're getting going and, and we're ramping up and, you know, things like that. So I, I like this one. This is my third uh, favorite scene. Yeah. So my top three scenes are basically the most visually impressive scenes to me. Right. It's to me the the drama of it all, the story of it all clearly doesn't really land, but Visually, it is extremely impressive, in my opinion. So my number three scene is the actually the final battle. Yeah, so the whole, like, when they're going to destroy, like, the sacred tree and uh, – or the tree of souls or, or whatever they call it. Um, I think it's just really cool. Like, it's it, they have, like, uh, the aerial battles. You have Jake, like, with – human weapons riding on the back of his uh, his dragon or whatever you know the, the Turok and I, I just think it's really really cool looking and you do have like you kill off some characters like I totally forgot Michelle Rodriguez dies in this you yeah know? same um, you know and they, and they kill off um, you know the the chief this the, the young chief so I, th- I think there's a lot of stuff going on there. I think it's a really, really fun action scene. So what is your number two scene? My number two is the large tree coming down. Uh, it's a pretty, pretty interesting scene, and it's uh, visually it's it's pretty insane. Um, you know, th- there's there's a couple of movies that that remind me of this movie, and that is uh, one you had mentioned is Pocahontas for sure, and the other one is definitely Fern Gully. Um, those two movies combined are Avatar for me. Um, but this uh, this big tree coming down was pretty impressive. It's, it just looked amazing. Um, the whole tribe is trying to escape this in, in insane situation, and uh, you know it, it's 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 a scene where Jake is trying to you know right before convince everybody like listen they're coming the the, the sky people are coming and uh, it, it those moments where uh, you know Jake and and Grace get disconnected. It remi- from their avatars. Yeah, that reminded me of the Matrix. The scene yeah, where they're yeah. like being unplugged one by one and they're just like, oh fuck, like what we're helpless. Yeah, that was good like tension, tension sequences. Like, oh no, what are they gonna do? Like they can't, you know. So uh I like the whole sequence, it was very, very good. And this scene especially is like uh puts Stephen Lang's villain uh top notch in this movie. He's just ruthless, doesn't care. Uh even Giovanni Rabisi's Parker Selfridge is like you could see it on his face that he's like, did I make the right decision? 
whereas like the, the colonel is like fuck this shit we're taking that tree down yeah. uh very, very insane scene and the cgi is incredible yeah my number two is one you already mentioned the scene where jake uh, rides the banshee for the first time and i will say something that i mentioned that we would talk about when we were previewing this episode last week is that like this is the ride at disney world you're on the back of the the banshee flying and you have this giant like 3d screen in front of you and basically you're like sitting on it's kind of set up like a motorcycle you're sort of leaning over it Mm -hmm. and you can they set it up like there's like smells and stuff they pump in you're flying around the pandora and you're you like kind of feel the animal like breathing between your legs. it's 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 an incredible ride that's cool yeah it's 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 outstanding it's one of my favorite amusement park rides ever and you know there's been a big controversy with, you know, specifically Martin Scorsese talking about Marvel movies and basically saying they're like, they're more amusement park rides than they are cinema, which I don't necessarily agree with. I see where he's coming from, but this movie absolutely is that this movie is like, like look at all the cool stuff around you and, right right and here's like a basic story to like tie you in yeah I, I i don't think like and i've said i've been vocal both in the past but like i never really thought that like you know maybe 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 10 percent of marvel movies really get me like oh man like this is this this gets me like the characterization the everything is, is really really great i think uh, i think a lot of them are are very Avatar-esque as far as like CGI and, and, and I wish there was more characterization, but some of them are, some of the Marvel ones are incredible, but I, 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 I can also here's see the thing. Here's, here's the thing. You can take literally any Marvel main character and it's 10 times the character that Jake Sully is. No, no, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I, I, I see that too. I, I think there's, there's a lot of Marvel characters that are really likable and they do a good job. Again, this is one film you know, and Marvel gets to use characters over and over and over and over and over again, um, which is, you know, good for them. But yeah, I, well, I see what I see. Which, yeah. We're using these characters coming up in the next few years over and over and over and over again. Get ready for the continuing adventures of Jake Sully and Natiri. <laughs> right. Because, it was like five of them or something. Yeah. Because James Cameron's like, I only make Avatar movies now. And it, it's like he's not made a movie since. And his next, I think it's four. Like he has like four Avatar sequels lined up and he's just like, yeah, there'll be a hit. Like, cause I'm James Cameron and this is what I do. Right. But yeah, uh, I mean, going back to like the actual scene, I think this is a great demonstration of this world and you get a really cool bird's eye view of everything. And it's, it's just a, a showing off those effects that clearly they worked extremely hard on. Yeah, you could and you could see that in this scene and several others. Like sometimes big big movies like the CGI, you can kind of like meh, kind of like with me in It Chapter One. I'm like, give me a break, I don't need the CGI. And Avatar, it's like, give me more. Yes, and that's why. I mean, that's obviously the big reason why this movie works so much better in a movie theater when you're just totally surrounded by it. It's like see it on the biggest screen possible, and like with no distractions, just be absorbed by the world. Yes. I think that's the big reason why this movie was so successful is like you were absolutely transported to an alien world. Mm-hmm. But sure. that, that being said, what is your number one scene? So my number one is one you already mentioned. It's the end battle. Um, it's just, it's so much fun. There's so many things happening at once. You know, what's weird for me though, while watching this movie, I, when, when humans start dying, I start feeling like, wow, okay, this is real now. Like these humans are on the, the wrong side of this situation because they're they're blinded by everything. And when they start dying, I'm like, oh, crap. Yeah, they're the bad guys technically. But like they're also just soldiers blindly going and, and doing orders, kind of like Michelle Rodriguez's character. She's just like blindly doing her job when she's taking down the tree and she's like, screw this. I didn't sign up for this shit. Flies away and ends up getting killed trying to do the right thing so there are some things in the story that are you know we mentioned before cgi is what 95 percent of this movie five ten yeah. percent is the story but there are some elements of the story that are like oh shit and that's what michelle rodriguez's character dying was like kind of a shock to me yeah i mean i kind of wish there was more of any kind of so this this movie to me is kind of a they take the 
like the Iraq war and the extermination of the native American and throw them together. And like, that's what this conflict is basically. And it's like, and put a, uh, you know, make, make it into aliens. Right. So it's, it, that's kind of what it is. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's why I think it, it gets so many Pocahontas comparisons as well, but I wish there was more nuance put into like, I, I wish there were just not faceless human enemies, you know? Right. I, I, there's like the good humans and the Navi are all good, except like one of them kind of doesn't like Jake because Jake took his girl. And I, I kind of wish there was like one scene where one guy was like, you know, these, you know, these giant blue cats like killed my friend. Like my my team is something like give right, give the humans right. something to fight for other than right. just like we're gonna blow away their religious like all their religion right right and, and uh, you know just to just to tackle on the the rest of it I, I like the uh, the last fight sequence also between the colonel and uh, and Jake was it was a lot of fun and and uh, you know and Terry puts two arrows into him and uh, he's dead right we think he's dead and then I read an interview where Stephen Lang's like. Listen, as long as they have my DNA, my character can always be there. It's like, what does that mean? Sigourney uh, Weaver is in the next one. Right. And Sigourney Weaver, literally, she died and her body disappeared. Like, it's... Yeah. If they bring characters back and stuff like that, it's going to get convoluted and it's not going to mean as much. You know, well, George R. R. Martin's big thing was always like, Lord of the Rings should have kept Gandalf dead. You know, it's like, do, what do we think here? You know what I mean? What do we think? So it, it just depends on how... He's got all these sequels lined up. He must have a, a decent story for each one, so we'll see what happens. But um, I'm hoping that these characters stay dead I, and they create new villains. Yeah, yeah. I I am hoping that for the sequels that it's like, okay, this world is set up. Now I can tell stories with these characters. Right. That's what I'm hoping for. Will we get it? Time will only tell. Is, is it there? I think I read that like he, uh, Cameron was like, I'm I'm going to be filming like it down like at Mariana's trench. Yeah, he's like, like this one is like he, there's gonna be yeah, yeah there, there'll be like stuff in the ocean in, in the next one. He's going all out. Yeah. So my number one scene is one that you mentioned. It is the destruction of the home tree. Because I think there is number one, it is visually stunning, this tree being destroyed. And just Stephen Lang being like, eh, another day. And I think if there is one character that does get an emotional beat that works, it's Natiri in this scene where she is, you know, sort of betrayed. Yeah. Where like she's, you know, they've just slept together and she is like, you fucking sold us out this whole time. And she's pissed and she like abandons Jake to die. So like in, in a wet and it's her mother that ends up having to save him in grace. Right. And like in a lesser movie, she would have been the one to like to save him, I feel like. So that's like the one dramatic storytelling decision by a character that works for me. It's in the scene added to the incredible visual storytelling that's happening. Right. So let's get to our least favorite part. And we've been talking about a lot of stuff we don't like in it, but I think there's something I want to go first here. Okay. Sam Worthington in this movie is a charisma vacuum. He so much of the movie is him looking to camera and narrating the movie. And he's like, he can't keep his accent in check at all. Right. Just watch it. If you haven't rewatched it, watch it and take a fucking shot. Every time he slips into like Australian, like, it's, I, I, there was like I was watching the gen and we were like, what what is this? Like, what is this nonsense that he's doing? And the trivia had even said that he had an easier time learning a new language than trying to trying to get like an American English accent down. He's like, I cannot get it right. Right. And it's like, well, I mean, we'll get into to, to recasting, I, I'm sure. Which actually I only recast that one role because I Oh think, really? Yeah. Because oh, I wow, think because okay. I think honestly, everyone else is fine. And it's it's recent enough where, I mean, we'll, we'll get to it, but 
let's uh let's go to uh let's go to well what's your least favorite part i would say like you know a couple of things like lack of story i mean the story's you know it's, it's pretty basic there's not a lot of twists and turns in it the, the one moment that i felt like okay things are getting serious is when grace is killed by the colonel with a gunshot and then it gives you know jake the, 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 everything is everything is, is is crazier now. Like now he really wants to fucking take down the colonel. And like that was a moment where I was like, okay, now we have some really big conflict between characters and not just tribe against tribe. You know, yeah. uh, the story was a little weak. It could have been stronger. It wasn't terrible by any means. It was easy to follow, but it, it becomes my worst because it was so unbe- unbe- unbelievably easy to follow to the point where there was a scene where like. Characters had a like, hey, audience, this is what we're doing. And I hate that shit. And it was the scene yeah. where Giovanni Rabisi's character, Parker Selfridge, pulls Sigourney Weaver's character, Grace Augustine, aside. And he's like, come here, come here. This is why we're going. You yeah. see this material? Hey, we're you going scientist. for this. Yeah, it was like, hey, audience, we're really dumbing this down for you. We're explaining this. Because obviously, Grace Augustine knows why they're going. Like, she understands right. it. But like, no, no, no. We need to t- I need to tell you again, Grace and the audience what we're doing. And I hate when scenes are dumbed down like that. So that kind of uh, goes along with like the weak story. Uh, and they had to like, you know, really spell things out for us. So that was mine. It's yes. Yes, it is tough. But now is time that we go to medals. So who do you have for your bronze medal winner? I have Stephen Lang for my bronze. Okay. Um, Stephen Lang, I, uh, I, I just think that he's, uh, you know, there's just some villains that like, oh, just, you just want to punch in the fucking face. And this guy is very good at, uh, at portraying this character. Um, and, you know, he even, you know, he, it's, it's funny. There are moments where you think that like, maybe, maybe he's just doing his job, but then he's like, you know, he's in the room with Parker and he's like, I'll, I'll make it a mercy killing. It won't be, it won't be terrible, but we, we know that's not true, you know? And, and I even question the fact that he's going to give Jake back his legs, get him surgery and things like that. You know, I'll take care of, I take care of my own things like that. Make him try to seem like I'm a good guy. I'm a good guy, but I am going to just remove an entire tribe because I fucking feel like it and not yes, listening I to can't, any, I can't give you one more day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, uh, you know, when it's the scene where uh, Jake and Grace are are, are sitting down after they came back and after they they betrayed the tribe and, 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 you know, Stephen Lang is kind of like, oh, like, poor you, like, things like that. It's like, oh, man, like, you don't understand anything. You're a close-minded fucking asshole. Um, And he plays that so well. I I had a hard time recasting him, but, but I did. So he's my bronze. All right. So my bronze is a tie. And it is a tie between Stephen Lang, your bronze medal winner, who I just echo everything you said. He's a he's a he's a really fun villain. Like he's really chewing the scenery. And I had him tied with Sigourney Weaver because she's like the only one I actually bought at this point. Like she was like, I mean, she's great. She's like fucking acting circles around everyone else who's sharing scenes with her. Yeah, yeah. Uh so I I thought really just fun supporting character actor performances by them. Who is your silver? My silver is Zoe Saldana. She's, in my opinion, I think she's the best character uh, and 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 acting in in the movie. Um, she, there are scenes where you just you just believe her every every moment you believe her. And I think what even upped my um, appreciation for her was when I read the read the trivia and how like she she literally did everything. Like she she's not just joking around in this movie. Like James Cameron brought everybody down to Hawaii to go through like the jungles and that he wanted them to feel what it was like to live in the jungle. And Zoe Saldana was like the only one who wore like jungle attire. She was like really into her character and she wanted to like sink her teeth in and she did such a great job. Uh, every I, I believe every moment of her in this movie and uh, I really feel for her like when she you know she loses her parent and she she's seeing her whole world crumble. She's betrayed I feel for her. I get it. I don't. I'm not like. Eh, I, I could use more emotion, Zoe. That's not true. She 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 delivered. She's my silver. Yeah, she is my silver as well. And echo what you said because she is like the only one in the Navi makeup. I feel like other than Sigourney Weaver's in it a lot less, or in the you know, Navi effect that I buy as like a, a real character, you know and. She her character has the only emotional beat, like we talked about, that works for me in the movie. And it's it's interesting that you know Zoe Saldana is in three 
huge what will be franchises when, when we count the sequels to this one you know and in this one she's unrecognizable as like a blue alien the other one she's painted up green in fucking guardians of the galaxy and the only one that she looks like herself is star trek like yep. she's she's like i know what my market is <laughs> right right it's like sci-fi nerds i'm in yep. and she she has a a a really fun performance in this and she, like you buy her as this alien it's 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 excellent yeah so definitely silver so Solana. and i'm pretty sure i can guess where we're going for gold but derek dame judy dench exactly dame judy dench was her, not in this movie her m was so good in this movie no yes. uh james cameron i mean how, how can you pick anybody else he he did so much here um uh, it's funny. I was <laughs> I was reading the trivia and it was late last night because I watched this movie. I, I started this movie at like 1130, forgetting how long it was. And I yeah, I, I ended it pretty late, but I was reading the trivia and I was kind of tired. And I, I it said in the trivia, James Cameron, it was like this movie was made in four years, like from beginning to end. And I thought it said four days. And I was like, and I was trying to think about it. I was like, yeah, four days. I'm like, I'm like, they must have just did, you know, see this whole thing was just CGI and they did it in four days. And I'm like, wait a minute. Well, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired. Same, right? and I'm like, yeah. how could this movie? But anyways, yeah, he did so much. You could tell he cared about, you know, getting, you know, uh, somebody to create a language to come and teach everybody. Like he did his due diligence. He, he reminds me of a Peter Jackson with like Lord of the Rings. He reminds me of a, a director who just cares a lot. I mean, could he have done more with the story? Sure. But the movie speaks for itself it made that much money because it was just so appealing to the eye and that's basically what he wanted i'm sure if he wanted to add more story he would have but maybe he felt that it was fine the way it is i mean it's a pretty straightforward kind of, you know it reminds us of pocahontas and that sort of like you know cowboys and indians type thing that native americans are always sort of like driven from their lands like it's a story that we know and we understand and we feel for so i don't think he needed to make it any more basic than or any more less basic than what it was you know what i mean i think he was like it's straightforward it's digestible i think that was what he was going for for the stories digestible amazing cgi and he nailed it so he's my gold yeah james cameron gold for me as well like he really called his shot with this one you know he's you know, he's like I said, he's coming off Titanic, which at that point was the biggest movie of all time. Was that his movie before this? Like that was this? his movie before. This. So he doesn't make movies very often. <laughs> he does not. He like he had a huge 90s and he's a huge like 80s and 90s where like just just going through his filmography where he's got, you know, he sort of like cuts his teeth on a sequel like a like Piranha 2 like before he's a big name and then basically everything after that is huge right so he's got piranha 2 and he's got as far as narrative features uh he's got terminator aliens the abyss which is i think like the first movie to have a cgi character or something like that uh Terminator 2, True Lies, Titanic, and Avatar. Yeah, big blockbusters. Yeah, and then like the rest, like he's got four more Avatar movies lined up. So the guy is a hit machine. Yeah. And the fact when he comes out and he's like, this is going to be incredible. And everyone's like, yeah, sure. What's it about? Don't worry about it. It's going (laughs) to be great. Yeah. So... You know, he's, he's, he's James Cameron and he's going to, you know, continue to like defy the norms of a directing career. And I think creating this world is very impressive. Like, I know you haven't been to that Disney world, but like he parlayed that into creating this whole land where you're walking around. It's like you're on Pandora. Did they make this? Cause I, I was in Disney world in 2015 and I'm wondering it would have been like if- right around the same time. Okay, because we, we we walked through Animal Kingdom fairly quickly, and I kind of wish we hadn't. But yeah. um, I, I'm wondering if if I missed it, if it was there. Um, yeah, I think but, I think it, I think 2015 sounds about right to when it opened. Okay, the one other thing I'll say about James Cameron is that he has a really big chance with these sequels to really make the story better and and game and add more conflict. I think the first movie maybe for him was like, okay, this is just the beginning let me introduce this world to you let me introduce you to a digestible story and then going forward i can really get into conflict and, and characterization so maybe he will do that so let's uh let's go to recasting we're flying through this episode Woo-hoo! <laughs> yeah uh let's go to recasting uh i'll i'll do mine because like i said i only have jake okay because i think 
everyone else you can just put in this movie again it's it's yeah it's been 11 years or you know 12 years at this point but everyone can still do it Zoe Saldana can still definitely be in Siri you know yeah all the all the Navi could be that Sigourney Weaver could still be Grace easily mm-hmm. like the 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 fault here is not necessarily with the actors except for Sam Worthington and I was just like I was watching it and I was like how much better is this movie if it's, if it's Chris Evans like that's the that's the type they're going for yeah they're going for that type of thing yeah they're absolutely and he can pull it off he's that like you know all-american like guy who you know square jawed clearly and he's a much better actor and he's far more charismatic i mean you go with a ton of guys in this like i thought chris evans and i went through all the other chris you know chris pine could could do a great job i think he auditioned for this movie and i read that he did he he said afterwards it was the worst audition of his life oh that's too bad (laughs) that's too bad because he he really like he really could have done a lot more with the role i feel like yeah you know if you want to stay australian like like, i don't know if chris hemsworth could do it he might be too like huge but right all all those guys like just you know you i i I don't know why that sam worthington they tried to make him a thing and yeah he was he was an unknown actor apparently living in his car when he got the audition and good for him good for him but like there's so many guys in that generation of Hollywood that have gone on to have better careers. He kind of reminds me of Chris O'Donnell, but as far as looks, um, yeah. So like, you know, like I think look, you said like a variety of actors could pull this off because you don't necessarily need to be a dripped Jack guy because you see the guys in a wheelchair, you know what I mean? And he's, yeah. and then when you become the avatar, you become a lot bigger. So, um, yeah, you know. no, I, I just think, yeah, I just think Chris Evans, I would, I would pick him either today or in, in 2009. So, you get what do you have for recasting? What roles did you? Get? I have Doctor Grace Augustine. I have Natiri. I have the Colonel. I have Parker Selfridge, and I have Jake Sully. All right, let's uh, let's roll. All right, so Doctor Grace Augustine. I went with an actress who's similar to Sigourney Weaver, where I feel like she can portray these types of roles flawlessly, and nobody would even bat an eyelash. And that is Julianne Moore. Yeah, um, she fits in this very easily for me, and I believe it. Uh, let's move on to Parker Selfridge. This was a no-brainer for me. He was the first one I casted. Giovanni Ribisi does a great job being a dick. Uh, somebody else who could have absolutely just annihilated this would be Sam Rockwell. Yeah, uh, I like Sam Rockwell for that because I, I think he – I think you need someone who – I kind of wish there was more of like a question as to which way Giovanni Ribisi was going to go. I, I kind of wish he was less slimy. Right, right. And like eventually, you know, you can go either way with it. Like, you know, either he's overpowered by, you know, by. Well, let me, let me say this. If there's, if there's ever an opening scene where like somebody is playing golf in the middle of an office with people working, you know, that's a villain. Yeah. Uh, it's like, it's like the villainous thing. Like, oh, he's yeah. playing, he's playing golf. Okay. He's a bad guy. He's, he's, uh, he's just like, yeah, it's like, whatever. Yeah, man, capitalism. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's like, I, I, I'm good, but it goes either way. You know, I, I just kind of wish it was more just like, you know, maybe it's a twist that he like sides with the military at the end of the movie. Right, and, and right. I think, I think Sam Rockwell could do that, so that's a good shout. Yeah, uh, and and of course, if, if Sam Rockwell was this character, he could do a little dance right in the middle of the room, which would have been amazing. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> so let's move on to my. Um, Let's move on to my Jake Sully. I'll do Jake Sully. This is again, we talked about how many actors could pull this off. Uh, one actor I think that could have been really good in this, sort of. In the past, people are like, oh, he's sort of generic. And then the more you watch him, you're like, he's really fucking versatile and can do a lot of shit. And that's Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Um, you know, I think he'd bring a lot more emotion because he's a better actor than Sam Worthington. Um, facial features, um, you know, emotion, everything like that. And I think I'd believe him as an ex-soldier. He doesn't have to be a big guy. Sam Worthington certainly isn't a big guy. Um, so I, that was kind of what I went with. I, there's a few other actors I thought of, but I thought this would be pretty good. Jake Dillon. I, I even thought of Robert Pattinson. Um, he, cause I think his face reminds me of, uh, Sam Worthington's face as an avatar. It kind of looks like Robert Pattinson to me sometimes, but I think Jake Gyllenhaal will pull it off and, and give the, uh, the role what it needs. Uh, let's move on to, let's see, I got two more. Uh, we'll do my miscellaneous one, which is all of the animal noises should have been performed by Bobcat Goldwaith. Oh, of course, naturally. Um, um, and, and that's because I noticed right off the bat, 
when I heard the animals roaring, I was like, that's from fucking Jurassic yeah, Park. That is a fucking, yeah. And it pissed me off that they regurgitated those noises, but okay. Um, but so my Colonel Miles Quadric, he was tough because Stephen Lang's fucking awesome. He's a very specific type as well. Yeah. I was like, of, there's like, not very many Stephen Lang types out there. Yeah. Right? I was yeah. like, who, who's an older ripped guy who can, who's an, who can be an asshole. So I didn't go as far as ripped, but I got somebody who just gets under your skin. Uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Um, yeah, is somebody who can get under your skin and kind of be that like Dick Colonel. I could see, I could see him just like, drink, like he, you know, drinking coffee on the fucking like it's nonchalant with, like, yeah. yeah, with with him, and he's just like, I could see him just being like, all right, we killed the tree, hoorah, let's go get drinks. <laughs> exactly, yeah, that's the kind of thing I was thinking. My last one in the Terry, this might be. This was the hardest by far because Zoe Saldana, she fucking killed so I was gonna it. Do it. And like, I actively was like. I, I thought about it. I was like, I get into it, but like, I don't want to recast Zoe Saldana. Yeah, and I didn't either, honestly. If I, if I could just leave one alone, it would be this one. But I yeah. did it just for the hell of it. And I accidentally didn't mean to do this, but it actually is the same first name as Zoe Saldana. I went with Zoe Kravitz. Um, yeah. That is seeing if she can actually do do the work like Saldana did. Can she go and, and, and be physical like this? Because a lot of actresses and actors, they, they shy away from this stuff. Some of them love it, um, but I think that she's she's pretty good. And in, in, in from what I've seen, and I was like, if I had to recast, maybe her. Um, but that's yeah, that's that's my uh, recast. All right, beautiful, great job. Uh, I didn't really have, like I, said, I didn't really have any because I think again, like there's there's only I, I think for the most part, you know, Sam Worthington makes this movie worse. He he does like it's just you know no offense I'm sure he's a very nice guy, but he he it's just not a great performance at all, and you know it it kind of makes sense that like he's the lead actor in the biggest movie of all time, and they tried with Clash of the Titans to make him a thing and like he had a couple of other ones and it just didn't work. He's just not a great actor. Yeah, he doesn't really have the charisma needed for these roles. Right. But everybody else, the acting's not really the problem here. You know, right. it, it's it's just kind of like it, it's the story is just not going to to like you could have fucking Daniel Day Lewis could play every character, you know, yeah, you could bring Marlon Brando back from the dead, right. and you know, in his prime, and it was just like it's it's tough to sell a lot of this dialogue. Yeah, it absolutely, it's, it just not, is. Yeah, not great dialogue. It's, it's it reminds me of like you know. Star Wars when you know George Lucas had written this script and and Harrison Ford get a, get a look at it and it was like George you can write this shit but I can't say it and like I kind of wish somebody was there being like yeah we, I can't say this like I wish Sigourney Weaver to a point and maybe she did because like her lines do sound the most natural of right. anybody but I wish somebody was there just being like at least playing the human characters like what are we doing here yeah you know but yeah, I, I, again, like I, th- I think replacing Jake, either you know Jake Sully with either Jake Gyllenhaal or Chris Evans or Chris Pine or fucking Matt Damon or whoever the fuck you can pick would work. Yeah, just, just a little bit more charisma is needed. That's all. Yes, sell it. Like, what does Natiri possibly see in the character of Jake Sully? Yeah, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. And I just watched a two hour and 40 minute movie about it. Right. So anything uh, miscellaneous that you wanted to, uh, to mention? Uh, I just, the two things I already mentioned, it's just that this movie reminded me of Fern Gully, um, the, the cartoon movie that everybody, or the animated movie that everybody thinks is Disney that isn't. Um, and then Pocahontas. It did the cause a huge lawsuit against Disney. Yeah, yeah. So those kind of movies. And then, of course, right off the bat, I, I heard the Jurassic Park noises right away. I was like, that was a fucking raptor. Uh, so that was kind of like my miscellaneous there. All right. So let's, uh, let's go to the Oscars and this movie did very well at the Oscars. It won best art direction, best cinematography, best visual effects. Can't argue too much about any of those. It is nominated for best picture, best director, best score, best sound editing, best sound mixing and best editing. So Huge night for Avatar. Yeah. Uh, We've covered this year a couple of times. And this is the year where James Cameron and his ex-wife, Catherine Bigelow, 
who had directed the Hurt Locker, were going head to head. And yeah, best picture, we have changed some things, right? Because we've done episodes on Five Hundred Days of Summer and Inglorious Bastards for this year. Yep. Now, in real life, the Hurt Locker wins best picture. Avatar is nominated as well. We actually decided for our purposes, Inglorious Bastards is our winner for this year. Yes. So Inglorious Bastards is our current winner. Other nominees are uh, District 9, An Education, Precious, A Serious Man, Up, Up in the Air, and The Blind Side, which we punted out of this category. <laughs> and we replaced it with 500 Days of Summer. So, Avatar. I mean, I, I think I already know. I haven't gotten your ballot yet, but I have a feeling that we're not going to put Avatar above Inglorious Bastards. Agreed. Okay. Best Director. In Real Life is won by Catherine Bigelow. We gave it to Quentin Tarantino. Um, other nominees are James Cameron for Avatar, Lee Daniels for Precious, and Jason Reitman for Up in the Air. Now, I will say, this movie is very impressively directed. Yes. I will not argue for a second that he deserves the nomination. hmm But Quentin Tarantino for Inglorious Bastards. Tarantino still wins it. I agree. Uh, best actor. I, I'm not, I'm not going to fucking entertain a thought of fucking Jake Sully. <laughs> no. No way. As, as best actor. Um, he doesn't he's not Razzie category, but he's not. He's not. Yeah, he, he's somewhere not, in the he's somewhere in the lower middle. Do we want to talk about Zoe Saldana in either best actress or best supporting actress? Hmm. We're, we're, do, if there is gonna be one, I would probably I mean she is there throughout the movie, but it takes a bit for her to get there. Yeah. Uh what do you what do you think? Do you think do you think I supporting? I think she's more supporting. Okay. So, Best Supporting Actress is won by Monique in Precious. She is excellent in that. Other nominees are Penelope Cruz in Nine, Vera Farmiga in Up in the Air, Maggie Gyllenhaal in Crazy Heart, and Anna Kendrick in Up in the Air as well. Do we want to talk Zoe Saldana for Best Supporting Actress? Yeah, I think so. And and I'm probably going to... You know, re- remove one of the, one of the two from up, for in, the up air. in the air. Yeah, yeah. So I've seen that they are both good performances. If I had to choose one to stay, I think Varum Farmiga stays. Sorry, Anna Kendrick, she's very good in it, but I think Zoe Saldana is nominated. I would not make the case for Zoe Saldana to win. I think I think Monique is 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 a very worthy winner. Okay. So that is the Oscars. Now we come already to the most important part of the show. And that is when, Derek, we're going to put 30 seconds on the clock for you. And you're going to tell us why Avatar, yes, Avatar, the highest grossing movie of all time, is the greatest movie of all time. Are you ready? Let's do it. Three. Two, one, go. Why is Avatar the greatest movie of all time? Well, for one, it's the highest grossing film of all time. That has that behind it under its belt. Uh, this is this is one of the most stunning movies you'll ever see on screen. If you have a surround sound, if you have nice speakers, uh, just make some fucking popcorn and sit down and watch this movie. Make sure you have time to watch it. It's a long movie, but it is up there uh, as far as one of the most stunning visuals you'll ever see on screen. If you haven't seen it, the fuck's wrong with you? You're a fucking idiot. Episode and 50. that is time. That is time. You made it almost all the way through without insulting somebody. I'm proud of you. I tried. It's just, I, you know, my blood just gets, it has to boil as I speak. I think it's because I hear myself speak and I get mad at myself for speaking. I can understand that, com- the compulsion. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that was, uh, that was our episode in Avatar. That was a, that was a nice little, uh, nice little quick jaunt through the world of Avatar. What are we eating is the question. Well, yeah, what, what are we eating for, with Avatar? 
I'm thinking Chef Boyardee Chef sweet, meat stuffed raviolis. Why that? Well, you know, the expiration date is usually pretty far out there. So you're asking yourself, well, wh- how, how can raviolis with meat in them? How can they stay in a can for that long and not go bad? That's my question. How, what does it have to do with Avatar? I don't know. I'm just asking myself, how can it stay in a can that long and be still fresh? Here's what I'm doing. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to the uh, back to, to Walt Disney World and going back to Animal Kingdom, where they sell in the restaurant in the Avatar land, uh, like cheeseburger bao buns. Bao buns? Bao buns. Okay. It's delicious. All right. Good. Yeah. I'm washing it down with a, a nice cold uh, night blossom beverage, which is like mm-hmm. a uh, like a fruit drink that they sell there. It's delicious. Is it alcoholic? You can have it either alcoholic or non-alcoholic. I think I, I do me I do me a virgin one. All right. It's got boba balls in it. Mm, I like boba. Oh. I don't know. What, I don't know what they are, but they sound delicious. You don't know what boba balls are. Do you know what no. bao buns are? No, I don't. I think you've definitely seen it. You've. I'm going to look it up right now. I'm gonna, yeah, you're going to see and go, oh, okay. That's a B-A, B-A-O, Bao Buns. You said B-A? B-A-O, Bao. Oh, Bao Bun. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That with a cheeseburger in it. That sounds – it's like it's like half bun, half taco shell. It's, it's, it's soft. Yeah, it looks it's, soft. Yeah. And, yeah, it's and not it's, like hard like a taco shell. It, look, it looks fluffy. Yeah, it's 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 delicious, is what it is. Yeah, I could do some bao buns while while watching Avatar, which is just some fucking meat and cheese in the middle. Hell yeah, I like it. Hell yeah. So let us know what you think of our opinion on Avatar, or your opinion on Avatar. Let us know if you see us on our social media. Send us an email: greatestmoviepod at gmail dot com. Speaking of social media the podcast in general next week is the week this is it the week where we are going to have our good friend chris bonapani back on the show and we are going to count down we're going to look back we started with jurassic park in august of 2020 and here in september 2021 we have done avatar from then to now we're going to count down the 50 best movies based on ballots entered by the greatest movie of all time Academy, AKA people who have been on the show voluntarily, of course. And boy, I've been uh, tabulating the results so far. We're in for a real fun episode. And there may be some fun, fun, uh, some fun surprises too, because I have decided to do a few countdowns of my own, thinking about doing maybe a top three villains out of the 50 movies we've done, top three protagonists. We'll see what I come up with. If I have any fun categories, uh, it's going to be a lot, a lot of fun. So it's gonna be, we're going to be drinking. It's going to be a real fun time. We're going to be drinking purple Hawaiian punch. So we might be, who knows? We have every, we're going to get to certain movies that trigger special drinks that we will have to imbibe throughout the course of the episode and we'll get uh we'll get a little tipsy we'll talk all these movies because we know uh we know chris has been on two episodes with us but uh we'd like to get his opinions on the other 48 movies of course and we're gonna see we're gonna crown the inaugural greatest movie of all time world's heavyweight champion championship belt indeed and who will it go to yes we'll find out indeed so, for the show, I have been your co-host, Rick Barrasso. I have been your co-host, the big Dekboski Rick. Keep seeing each other, everyone.